Yo, yo, yo. This is a test run, my podcast. Uh, it's about my life as an artist. And in case you don't know who's speaking, it's Mode 9 of the Polymath. I used to have a lot of other nicknames. It used to be Nigel Ben. I named myself after that, uh, after one of my favorite uh, boxers, Nigel Ben, the Dark Destroyer. So I felt I was dark skinned. Like, Jim, people used to make fun of my dark skin in Africa, in Nigeria. Can you believe that? We're all black, but the darker guys got made fun of. That was crazy, man. They, they used to call me black, black, uh, Ajadudu. That's black dog or black charcoal. That used to be horrible. I used to hate it, but, you know, look at all those people. If they decided to have a race war, they'll get killed too. If the white people decide to kill all black people, they'll get killed too. So enough of that. Yeah. So Nigel Ben, the Dark Destroyer. Then I called myself Polymath. This was a... I called myself Polymath um, uh, while I was recording Da Vinci Mode because I did some research on uh, Leonardo Da Vinci and um, he was called a Polymath. A learned person, a person that could do all sorts of things. So I was like, yeah, I'm actually learning how to record myself, mix and master and do all sorts of stuff, uh, promote myself, everything. So I just said, okay, why don't I call myself the polymath? And uh, this is just a, a trailer. I could call this a trailer. It's not going to be very long. But yeah, it's my life as an artist. How did I become an artist? Now, when you're very young and you like hip-hop, you always have those dreams where you see yourself performing in front of a crowd. Wow! I used to have dreams like that. Never knew that they were going to come true. I used to have dreams where I'd be performing in another country. And I'd be like, man, that's far-fetched. I don't think that will happen. That's what I used to think back then. Like, uh, I don't think that will happen, but it did happen. So back in the early 90s, yeah, that was a long time ago. I um, used to listen to radio. We always liked music, but I used to particularly search for hip-hop. And there were a couple of radio stations that used to give me what I want. There was a station from Gabon, African numero one, means African number one or something, from Gabon, AM radio. I used to, that's where I listened to Mary J. Blige's uh, songs. And that's why, Mary J. Blige, la song, la blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I used to tell my friends, hey, have you heard of Mary J. Blige? I was like, well, we don't know who that is. Until, you know, in Nigeria, things used to just come a bit later, like a couple of months or maybe nearly a year later. And we'll have all the hot stuff back then. So Mary J started, started popping and I knew about her way before she started popping. So I used to listen to all these radio stations and that's where I listened to M-E-T-H-O-D, man. I just knew that there was a song called M-E-T-H-O-D, man. I didn't know nothing about the Wu-Tang Clan. A friend of mine, if I, he gave me Rick Kwan's album. 
I'm not gonna lie to you. The only built for Cuban links. I kind of hated it because it was a cassette. There was no track list. I just had Chinese and gangster sounds. I'm like, man, what's this? You know, I was used to that normal mellow boom bap peep rock. You know that kind of smooth that CL smooth and peep rock type of you know music. But after I met Solo D, I'm gonna tell you guys in how I met Solo D. And this is just a chip of the ice block. When I met Solo D, Solo D broke everything down for me. He was a guy that had video cassettes. He had cassettes. Then everybody was messing with cassettes. This was the 90s in Nigeria. Probably, I met Solo D probably 95, 96. Yeah, 96. I met him in 96. So, it was cassettes. And he, I remember him giving me Helter Skelter. The flip side of Helter Skelter was Jay-Z. And I loved that Jay-Z album. I loved the Helter Skelter album. I begged him to give me the remaining uh, Jay-Z album. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And he was like, yeah, this is that guy that Tupac was dissing. Like, wow. You know, when Hit'em Up came up, came out, it was Chino Lexel. Oh, you too. So I was asking him, who's Chino Lexel? Then he pulls out a Source magazine and he gives it to me. And he says, yeah, there's a bit on Chino Lexel here. So I read it. And I go to school. When I come back, I go to his house in Surulere. School is actually hours away, like nine hours by road. That's Bida in the middle belt of Nigeria. So I come back and Solo tells me, hey, I have Chino Excel's album here to save you. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, this guy is incredible. So yeah, I did learn a lot from Solo D. He had the tapes, he had the magazines, he had the video tapes. I just wanted to be in his house all the time because I wanted to learn. And who took me to see Solo D? It was Iron in my channel. Because he was in my school and I met him because I could draw. I used to draw posters. And he was always telling me about one guy, Solo D. He, did, he didn't really know I was a rapper until one day. I think he just overheard me rapping in the room. And I was like, why so he can rap? Then he forced me to perform at one of these shows. That's all for now. I'll hit you up with the rest. The life of Modine. Yep. Popcorn is a movie. Bless you.